Welcome to the Heavens Devils Podcast, a four-screen rovers podcast by two Americans who don't know what they're talking about. My name is Nathan. This is Sean. Heavens Devils Podcast. The meaning to life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> Alright, that's, that's a big statement, Sean. You think we can... Yeah, it's big, but... It, I don't think we can back that up. I mean, you know, we're... Yes, we can. I mean, we can just because we're at episode 42, and... And as anyone who's ever yes. read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the yes. Galaxy knows, that's the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Oh. So we're there, man. It's us. Killer it's reference. Us. What a nerd, Shimmy. <laughs> but killer, killer reference. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that, Shimmy. I'm above the rim, and this is how I bore a gritty little something on a New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a sci-fi mood, you know. Just watch Dune. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, episode 42. Just watch Dune, or Dune, as I'm sure they call it in the UK. <laughs> just like they wear pumas over there, right? They wear pumas. Uh, they go to see Dune. I'm curious to hear how uh, uh, our guest today, Carl Winchester, will pronounce that stuff because um, I think we're gonna have. A, I don't think we're gonna understand anything he says, Shimmy. I've heard him speak before. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna understand anything he says. This is gonna be. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, none of our podcasts are particularly good, but this one might be especially bad because I don't think we're going to understand anything. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, just not smiling and nodding politely is only so... You can only get so much content <laughs> out of that, pod content out of that, but we're, we're going to do our best, best. Shimmy. How are we feeling, brother? Hey, feeling great. You know, it's finally autumn here in the city. The chill is finally in. I feel like we're there with our Gloss brothers and sisters. We're getting a bit of that gloss vibe here finally i've been rocking the fgr coat and the scarf so it's uh happy Let's for that go. weather. Finally. it is beautiful fall weather here i am currently recording kind of in my spare bedroom slash laundry room because it's 5 30 in the morning right now i don't want to wake up my wife this is as far away as i could get uh but i am feeling amazing yeah. coming off that bradford city win which we're going to talk all about with our man Chris Latham, Statman. So let's get into the pod, Shimmy. Today, we're going to first start off with our boy, Statman. Chris Latham, return of Stat. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Bradford City. We're going to talk about... What else are we going to talk about, Shimmy? We're going to talk about Bradford City. Ladies, uh, the FGR FGR women's team and their FA Cup unfortunate defeat. And then we're going to move to the men's FA Cup with our man, Chris Latham. But first... Uh, we're going to just chat about, we're going to recap the Bradford City game, then boom, we're going to go into our guest today. Who's our guest today, Shimmy? The one, the only, Winniesta. Carl 12-Gage Winchester. <laughs> Winnie, in it to win it, baby. We got Carl Winchester on this pod today, Shimmy. I am so excited for that. Um, and so, been killing it after with we chat with Carl... What's that? Killing it with Sunderland, so just happy to see former lad. He is... He is. Uh, so we're going to talk about that when he's on, but he is murdering it right now with, with Sunderland. So shout out to Winnie Esta. And he had a lot of doubters, too, before he went there from, from Sunderland. So I'm gonna, we're going to ask him about that. I'm curious, you know, what if he felt like he was playing with a chip on his shoulder. But anyway, so we got Chris Latham, Bradford City. Then we got Winnie Esta. Then after that, we're going to go back to Chris Latham, talk about the, FJ, uh, the FA Cup, the Women's FA Cup. Uh... And then we are going to finish up with Statman talking a little bit about uh, our FA Cup and really what what does the FA Cup mean for dumb Americans like us <laughs> or for anyone else who's not uh, local there in England who didn't grow up with the FA Cup. What does it mean? Um, and we're going to have our boy, the lad from Slad, on Ben Roberts. But unfortunately, we couldn't make it happen this time. We'll bring him on next time uh, to talk a little bit more about the FA Cup. Hopefully, hopefully we win against St. Albans City. Um, but anyway, Shimmy, 
Without further ado, should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, first up, Chris Latham, Statman. Let's go talk. Let's go recap Bradford City. Give our dumb thoughts. Here we go. I'm a Statman. Welcome back to the pod. Statman, Chris Statman. Latham. Chris, how are we feeling, brother? Good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Yeah. Halloween weekend. Yes. Chris Layton, recording. Glisters cannot, yeah. Glisters can't see it, but he's wearing the pumpkin plaid shirt. It's looking looking pretty fire today. Looking very, very fire today. He's in the Halloween spirit. So, yeah, it's Halloween officially today, the day that we're recording this. Of course, this pod is not going to come out uh, for a few days from today. But anyway, we're in the Halloween spirit. And we'll be in the Halloween, Halloween spirit anyway, all week. Actually, it'll, Chris, be, it'll, Halloween- be, it'll be the ghost of, of the interviews today. So, we'll keep it spooky. <laughs> I thought it's like screwed up your whole episode already, haven't I, by mentioning Halloween. No, we love it. <laughs> spooky. This is going to be a spooky season episode, spooky episode. We should add Ibu Adams on this episode anyway. Um, yeah, so this is the spooky season with Spooky Statman. Spooky Statman. So Statman, first we want to ask you about a little bit about Saturday. Here's kind of have the rundown. We want to talk a little bit about um the match on Saturday against Bradford City. We want to talk a little bit about the women's match, the FA Cup match, and then we want to talk about our, the, or sorry, the men's FA Cup match coming up um, next Sunday. And then any stats, we are always, always open to stats. Any any stats you got, throw them at us. So first, just a recap, the Bradford City game. A quick little recap in case you didn't see it. Luke McGee was wearing a hat, old school, Steve Perrin style. First half, 11th minute. <laughs> Andy and Andy grabbed some Halloween candy cook header from a corner, uh, put Bradford in the lead. Uh, we kind of controlled p- p- possession after that, but couldn't really make anything happen. Cook had another shot uh, before the half, just a f- wide open free shot on goal. Luckily, luckily, he did not make the most of that wide open chance. He shanked it. He did the old shimmy shank. What do you know about the shimmy shank? <laughs> I mean, I know that's uh, not the recipe for winning uh, football matches. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. If he would have, if he made that, that the game would have been, I think, a lot different. Uh, but thankfully, he shanked it. He did the old shimmy shank right to the left. Uh, and then, brilliant, Bobby Edwards. Bobby Edwards, season opening. He says to the guy, he says, "Hey, I see a lot of space for a talented dribbler like Kyrie Irving, like Jack Ageson, like Young Jake Young to go out there and make a play." And at halftime, brilliant Bobby Edwards, Rob Edwards, made the made the substitution, took off Hendry, took off Stevens, brought in young Jake Young, brought in Jack Aitchison, and it worked brilliantly because what do players do, boys? What do players do? They play. <laughs> <laughs> they make plays. Players make plays. make plays, baby. And that's what young Jake Young did. He came on brilliantly. Tap danced around the entire Bradford defense. Finished beautiful, 1-1. Um, and there were a lot of complaints from Bradford about the fouls kind of in the buildup. But they claim three fouls and a handball. I don't. I, I see maybe one foul, maybe one. He's, he's one of those as well. If we hadn't scored, they never would have complained about that, would exactly. they? Exactly. hundred percent. Plus, hundred percent. How many players had the opportunity to stop us? You know. Like it was right down, right in our corner. So exactly, 
Yeah, you want to complain about something, complain about your own defense that let young Jake Young just tap dance his way through like 10 of your guys. Anyway, uh, so my overall take is it's a good side, a tough place to play away in front of 15,000 fans. Yeah, uh, we came from behind. We we didn't play great, we were, but we were missing two big boys in the back. JMT, Dan, Dan and Mansweeney. Um, so we're missing two big guys at the back. Positives, McGee looked great again. Happy to see Dokes back. Dom's legs, sexier than ever. Uh, young Jake Young is a beast, and Rob Edwards is a genius. I will take the point. Statman, what do you say? I, like, I think you've summed it up better than I ever could. I think the subs were genius. How good are those two as well? And that was one of my stats. Jake Young and Jack Aitchison, Jack and Jake, both come on as substitutes nine times this season. No player has come on more times in the league. But it's just like, how important is that? I think I don't know whether I'm over-egging it now, but like vegan eggs, obviously, possibly rumors. But um, <laughs> they like how important is it to have players like that who can come on, run, and credit to both Rob Edwards for making the substitution, but also to those two players because they must have been watching the game. It would be easy to think I'm a substitute. I'm not coming on till maybe like 70th minute. I've got the second half to watch, but they must have been watching. And I've heard I can't remember who said it. I think someone said it on this podcast. Maybe Lewis Thomas. Find Jack Aitchison. Um, how he watches the game, he's always ready to exploit the spaces, the positions. So credit to Rob, to the coaches, and to those two players because they they changed it, didn't they? Jake Young as well. He's scored three goals in ten appearances, one goal every seventy-eight minutes, and he's wow. really unlucky not to be playing more. But he's like he's knocking on the door, isn't he? But the door is like massive because Jamil yeah. Matt and Matt Stevens have both been phenomenal. So. We're just in this really lucky position. It's, um, I think, like it's Halloween, isn't it? And I was trying to think, like, what's the spooky kind of like dark start to bring out? But I think the one worry is, and you've called it out before, is that we seem to concede early on. Yeah. And if you look at the goals, like oh, um, <laughs> goals across the season, the only period of 15 minutes that we've lost overall is the first 15 minutes. Scored hey. two in that time, conceded four. And we conceded again yesterday inside that 15. So that's like probably the area, isn't it, to kind of sharpen up on. But it's difficult when you lose players like JMT, who's been really good. So like overall, I think you're right. You take the point. They're a good team, big crowd, big stadium, handled it well. Still unbeaten away from home. Still top of the table. It's all good. It's all good, baby. You mentioned a lot of a lot of things there that I wanted to like follow up on. Uh, first, Jake Young. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. Like, do you do you think he gets more playing time moving forward? Should he start moving forward? So difficult, isn't it? it like, is. I, in my head, I think yeah, he should start more. He deserves it. But then if I try and take someone out, it's kind of like who do you take out? Because exactly, it was like the you number ten, so. but Ebu Adams has kind of made that his own in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of took it off him for a bit and did really well there as well. There's, just so many good players. It's hard. It's hard to, even though they're doing really well. And Jake Young is kind of got this incredible goal return for minutes played. How do you how do you fit him in? How do you take someone else out? It's difficult. It's a headache for Rob. Obviously, Rob has oh, like yeah. complete clarity of mind in what he's doing. It's probably not a headache like I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, from the outside yeah, looking no, in, it, it is it's such a like a good problem to have, right? Like it you is. have so many players that are performing so well. You know who who stays in, who goes out. Yeah, on the, on the attack, it's like we're we're just we're just way too deep, which is a good thing because if anyone gets injured, <laughs> so you know Jake Young will, or or Maddie Stevens or March, 
or Aitchison, any of those guys can jump in in some kind of attacking role, whether it be in the midfield or, or up front with, uh, as, a, as a forward, um, and just you know fill in with no issues. But it sucks because we have these amazing players who are sitting on the bench and they can't get in. You know, can't get in. And, and I'm worried about Jake Young because he's so young, and you know he's got so much talent. I'm a little worried if he doesn't get playing time. Maybe someone's gonna snatch him, but like you said, it's tough. Like, who do you, who do you take out? Matty Stevens has been great. Jamma, obviously, you can't take out Jamma. He's like the, the leader. You know, the leader of the team. He creates so much. Uh, you can't take out Ibu. No, obviously, you know. So it's so tough. Unless you, maybe, maybe, um, maybe brilliant Bobby Edwards can come up with some kind of like, new formation that that brings them all in. But another thing you mentioned too is the defense, and I'm a little, I feel like the defense, we have the exact opposite problem as we have with the attack. On the attack, we have so much depth. On the defense, we don't. <laughs> we, we're so, we're dangerously shallow, I feel like. Right now, we, yesterday we had Dokes, Dom, and Cooley Bailey. That was it. If any of them got injured, I don't know who would, who would have brought on. <laughs> And because with JMT and Sweeney out, and then earlier Cooley Bailey was injured, earlier Dokes was He's injured. Back, yeah. I gotta think in January, you know, Richard Hughes brings somebody in to add a little depth there, right? I think that's the, the, yeah, the one. If they were all fit, it's a lot of depth, isn't it? But yes, they're not all true. fit, and it's quite, yeah. it's quite tricky as well. But you did, like, the flip side is if you bring someone else in and they all of a sudden are all fit, how do you keep them all happy? Yeah, no, you're right. Which is the thing, I guess that's the issue that we have now with the attack. <laughs> they're all fit. Yeah. How do we keep them all happy? Because they're all, they're, they could all be playing 90 minutes. Um, anyway, I, brilliant insights there from our, from our, our resident stat, man. I love those stats as always. So, Let's move. Just remember, yeah, any any weekend, uh, based on this Halloween weekend, if you're going to be scared at an FGR match, make it the first 15. After that, yes. have a clear and peaceful mind. It's fine. Yes. That's how I feel every game. I'm like, if we can survive the first 15, we'll be good. Well, this yeah. one, we didn't survive the first 15. We we conceded again. But anyway. But we fought back. We fought back. But we fought back. We fought back. And also, like, last, it was the same thing last week. What what minute did they score last week uh, against Salford? That was early, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But it was. I think, I think it was pretty early. Okay, Chris, we will check in with you in a little bit later in the show. That's it for Chris for now. We'll come back to you later. Statman! 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 Bradford City! 1 1 draw! Yep, sorry. Beep! It's infectious. It is, it is, and so is Statman. So is that every conversation we have them is so great, man. I just feel, I feel like I learn a little bit extra about the FP, FGR supporters community just having, you know, just talk to the man. It's awesome. Oh man, I just noticed my volume might be way too high. <laughs> is my volume way too high, Shimmy? It's a little oh. high, but uh, I just figured it was my morning ears. I just lowered ears. it. Okay, might be my morning ears. So. <laughs> it soothes your morning ears. <laughs> uh, all right, let me let me lower that volume a little bit. Oops. <laughs> Hopefully I won't have to redo that anyway. All right, Shimmy. Uh, let's get into our chat with the one, the only, the FGR legend. Carl Winchester. Awesome chat with an awesome, awesome human being. Let's get into it, baby. We welcome to the pod a player so great that Andres Iniesta named himself after him. He is a former legendary acoustic guitarist famous for playing Northern Irish rebel songs. He's a man who hates Cheltenham 
Allegedly, we're gonna ask. Uh, he is a Forest Green legend. He is also the reason we didn't get promoted last season because he left us. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll ask about that too. Uh, he is also the star of the upcoming Sunderland Till I Die, season three. Some know him as Winnie. Others know him as Winnie Esta. Lewis Thomas knows him as his ex-roommate who never did the dishes. Ladies and gentlemen, Carl, 12 gauge, Winchester. How are we feeling, Carl? Uh, yeah, I'm good, lads, I'm good. So, you know, all right, so yeah, it's been a tough week to be fair, but nah, it's football for you. It gets just, you have your ups and downs, but like just, obviously I've got a couple of disappointing results the last couple of games, but look, I feel we've got the players and the squad capable of bouncing back, so just got to get our heads down back now in training and working towards that next game. Yeah, I saw that. It's uh, three three losses in a row, right? Yeah. Three big losses in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's just been it's been tough, really. Mm. Um, I was just not nice in the manner. We've lost them as well. We've conceded a, a lot of goals in them. So mm. just something we need to um, start working on, getting back to basics, because we were doing well. We had a good start. But yeah. now, like, I'm, yeah. like, like mo most teams, you're going to get these sticky patches and it's about whether you have the character and that to come through them but look I believe in the lads in the squad and I think um, we're capable of turning it around oh beautiful yeah so yeah. It, this happens I mean in every season every team yeah. you know goes through a little slump and honestly if you're going to go through one this isn't the worst time you know in the season to go through it because there's a lot nah, of season left a lot nah, of time to right the ship yeah mm -hmm. it's, that's what I mean it's still early days it's still a lot of games and a lot of points to play for but every time um, you're playing against Sunderland, I feel like teams just up their game like so oh, much yeah. because you're playing Sunderland, so it's a cup final, Demons. Mm. So um, in that sense, we have to we have to be on it, bang on it every single game, every single game. Because when you're not, you can see like results in the last couple of weeks has has have happened, mm. and it's just as you say, it's, it's not going for us at the minute. But we know, like as players, we're not not like not trying because no one doesn't want to try. It's just, just like the silly decisions aren't going against us. If he's like at the minute, like every time the other team go go against us, they're going to score. So just one of ones to feel like we just need to get back to basics, work hard, and then, um, I believe, like I said, like we've got the players capable of um, turning these results around. Yeah, and your attitude has gotten you to where you are today and had you performing so well at the start of the season. So we can't help but just back you, man. I think you, you have the right attitude. And like Nathan was saying, it's early enough in the season. But uh, yeah, like you said, like I'm sure mm -hmm. for other players going to the Stadium of Light and like <laughs> being yeah. there at like Sunday, oh, yeah. it's just got to be almost like a cup final every time, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. As you said, like definitely about the attitude thing. Like if you don't have the right attitude, especially like clubs like Sunderland you get found out very quick and oh, yeah. you'll be you'll be at the door so you will so literally like up here everyone breathes football like it's so <laughs> it's so passionate I didn't realize like how big of a club it was until you actually went into it and then obviously you see the fans and all the fans but the fans are like they're unbelievable see like even away there at Sheffield Wednesday on when it was a Tuesday, we took four thousand like in League One. That's wow. unbelievable. Wow. Four thousand four thousand away fans. Yeah, incredible. away fans. That's yeah. what I mean. They're incredible. They're incredible, and they're a big part of everything that happens at Sunderland. And like you seen, like at the start of the season, once um, I think we were the last home game we lost against Charlton, but 
everyone before Apple One at home and the atmosphere. Mm. I mean, I've never played anything like it. It was unbelievable. Like it's crazy. It's like, it's their religion. Like it's their religion. And you, us mm. as players, we have to breathe in, like take into that and get on say it with Evans because see once that happens and you get both of them going uh, it's an unbelievable place like wow yeah. we're, so we're, mm. we're obviously going to ask you about four screen and a little bit more about Sunderland in a little bit but just want to know like what was it like the first time like you stepped on the pitch home game in the stadium of light with these crazy fans like last season what was that like feeling like obviously because of COVID it, it struck, oh yeah, last so, season was COVID. All right, this season, this yeah. season then. <laughs> uh, this season, uh, I remember like the first home game against Wigan. The kickoff actually had to get delayed by like twenty minutes because there were still people getting into the stadium. Wow! So there was, oh, wow. there was uh, the traffic was meta. Yeah. So when you first went out, the atmosphere. Oh, I was just it's buzzing. It's like when you're a young lad, like dreaming of playing in front of these atmospheres every week. And I was just, I, I was, I was took back. Like I, I know coming up, everyone said, like, wait and see, you'll see what it's like this game, like, like wait and see, see what the fans are like. And I, I was, I was thinking, like, oh, it's going to be good, it was going to be good, but I didn't realize how good it would actually be until you experience it. And I was just like, I would love to experience this every single week. It's, it was, it's unbelievable. And I think it ups your game as well. Once you have that many people in the stadium, like backing you and wanting you to do yeah. well, I, it only, it only like carries you on the goal want to do well or just perform for them so it's, it is it's an unbelievable club like oh that's cool man and, and like you said one more thing uh, and then we'll move on uh, and we'll talk we'll, we'll come back to Sunderland a little bit later but uh you said also like how you know Sunderland is the number one you know team on everyone's schedule everyone wants to beat Sunderland I think most probably mostly because it's a massive club down here but also I'm sure the Sunderland till I die thing puts a little extra target on, on people's back on your backs, but I think that also helps. I, I would guess I'm going to ask. I guess what, does that help you as a player? Because like you said, every day, you, I mean, every match, you know, you have to give it your best. Every training, you know, you have to give it your best because everyone else is coming for you. I have to imagine that also that just improves you as a player and as a person. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Mentally, every day, you know, you can't you can't stop focusing. You can't switch off for one second. Or, you know. Um, Someone's going to be there, someone's going to be right at, right at you. Even at training, you have to be on it every day because we've got that many good players in training that if you're not doing it well or if you're not playing well, that there's someone there ready to take your shirt and go in. So yeah. for yourself as well, if you want to play, you just have to be at it at every game, every training session, everything you do, you, you just have to be at it so you do. Oh, I so love it, that. And, and you have uh, been, based on what we... I mean, we haven't yeah. seen a single Sunderland game yet, but we're going to watch one of yours. But from what we've seen, what we, we've talked to some of the fans, actually. We've also uh, looked at, like, the stats. And it looks like outside of Ross Stewart, you are, like, right up there as, you know, yeah. being one of the best players this season for Sunderland, which is awesome. Um, actually, let me let me come back to that question. Let me come back to that. I'm going to come back to that later because we're going to talk a little about Sunderland. We're going to talk about playing with chips on your shoulders. Doubt. But first, let's get on to the question that's on everyone's mind. Did you do the dishes when you lived with Lewis Thomas? <laughs> hey, we, we had a dishwasher, so we should just put them in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, also, could you guys even understand each other with his Welsh accent, with your Northern Irish accent? Yeah, we, like yeah. me and Tom was like fan, like understood each other really good. Wow, it's on the same Tom, wavelength. <laughs> yeah, Tom was a great, great lad as well. Like have a, have a lot of time for him. Me and him got on really well. So with that. So before it was me and Tamu room together, we used to room with the lad 
um, Nathan McGinley as well. At the time, we, and we used to live in an, another house, so it used to be us three. Well, there used to be four of us. James Montgomery lived there as well, but he left. Then it used to be me, Nathan Tamo, and I think we lived together for like near enough a full season, so that was good as well. So it was, uh, actually, we had a good laugh. We had, um, <laughs> good, good, good times, like there were good times, like looking back on them now, like we do miss them. It goes by so quick as well, mate. See, my idea is like the season by season, mate, it just flies by, so it does. Yeah, yeah. oh, absolutely. Do you still talk to those guys? Yeah, yeah, I still keep um, contact with Tamo and Nathan, not yet. Nice. Um, so I was worried coming into this that we weren't going to be able to understand anything that you say. But I got to say, I, I'm, I'm having, a, I'm doing pretty well understanding what you're saying. <laughs> are, are you like Americanizing your accent for us? No, I'm not how like, you would talk with your friends, right? What's up? No, I'm like speaking like clear. Now, if I was talking with my friends, my mom can't even <laughs> understand me. My my mom turns around and goes, "What are you speaking about there?" That's really. <laughs> No, I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, let's start this chat with a question from club photographer Shane Healy. You remember Shane? Yeah, yeah Shane. Great mm. lad. So when we we asked the fans for questions, uh, and and he, he just responded with, "Who? Who's Carl Winchester?" So let's start with there. Who is Carl Winchester? Who is Carl? Amon, Fion, whatever other Irish names I can think of, Winchester. <laughs> I'm just a normal lad from Belfast, grew up. Um, grew up Belfast, Beachmount area since since I was a child, mate, really. Um, as a young lad as you do, you just run about, but have run about, play football, play with your mates, and then you grow up and then you start to like football. And then um then fancy as you get older you start to get scouted. So when it was like no sixteen, I went to Oldham. Then, um, from Oldham, I think I've stayed about Oldham for about what, seven years. And Oldham was a, it was a brilliant place as well. It helped me in my development, really. Because once you go over somewhere when you're so young, it's kind of hard because you leave all your family and friends behind. And you literally, mm. every day you're with different people. You're not the same country. Uh, kind of like, 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 like your routine of going out with your friends and all that all goes out the window now. So now that you're a professional footballer, you have to, you have to live right now. There'll be no more going out and messing about at the weekends or nothing. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> strict. So look, it was hard to adapt, and there was times. Don't get me wrong, mate. When I was struggling when I was at Oldham, and I was thinking, is this all worth it? Should I just just go uh -huh. back and just just go back home and be with my friends and family? But then look, I've got good people behind me, and I end up sticking it out. And thankfully, now I stuck it out. So I went from Oldham. I'd, Seven with all brilliant years there. I think that they made me, yeah, that made me, and they personally am. Cause I just I grew up basically. And then I went to Cheltenham, done a year and a half there, named Forest Green. And then now I'm at Sunderland. You make so, it, you make it sound by pr uh, like prison, by the way. That's yeah, exactly. I did a year and a half. I did a year and a half. I appreciate the way you you put that. I had I did a year and a half there. Did my time. Paid for uh, my sins. See, like a football at the lower, that's what you like, mm -hmm. get at the lower levels now. Football teams are like your contracts, you won't get as big as contracts to say, like a championship or the Premier League, where they say like four or five year deals. Because mm -hmm. clubs like financially couldn't afford it at um, these levels. So that's why, like, a lot, like nowadays, you'll be 
that lucky to get a two-year deal somewhere in League Two, League One, so you will. So the clubs mm-hmm. kind of are backing themselves now, so they are because of COVID and that. And look, right. don't get me wrong, like, they're just looking after themselves in a way. So that's why, like, you see a lot of players in the probably like, around about League Two would jump from club to club, so they would a lot. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Was it so, a big culture shock for you, Carl, uh, as such a young person going from, like you said, around your family and friends and going to essentially a different culture and country uh, around Oldham? Yeah, it was, it was hard. Like, um, don't get me wrong. Like, well, me and my friend, one of my friends from Ireland, Brian Burns, he, saying, he was like, me and him went to school together, group together. So he mm. sang for Oldham the same time I sang. So, oh, wow. Nice. And it, yeah, so that, that helped as well. But he was homesick as well. Like we were both homesick because we we have like a good group of mates back home, a good family. Mm-hmm. So it was it was hard when we were like going training every day, coming home, going to digs, um, sitting about the room, then going back to training, digs, training digs. I know it, it, for a young lad, like you think you're missing out on the world. You think, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. But looking back on it now, you didn't really miss out on nothing. It was just all in your head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So yeah. it, it was, like you say, a culture, it wasn't a, like it was a culture shock, but it's just that getting used to it, I think. It must have mm-hmm. took me probably six months to the year to get used to everything properly and be like, right, um, that's yeah. me, I'm staying here now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you mentioned, yeah, yeah missing, missing out on experiences, but also how many humans in the world have the get get to have the experience of walking out on the stadium of light you know that's an experience you know that that mm. is so unique and so special Man, so, you put the work in for it or sorry i i, yeah. I, I messed it, i messed that up i should have said how many how many people get the experience of walking out on the new lawn new lawn much better than the stadium of light um yeah. all right well uh, so let's get to know a little bit more about you we're going to ask you to give us two truths and a lie. We're going to try to guess the lie, and then we're going to edit your Wikipedia page. All right. What are your two <laughs> truths and a lie? What, what, what do you got for us, Carl? So, my two truths. No, no. Don't don't oh, tell us which one's which. All Just right. tell, say all three, all right. and then we'll uh, try to guess the lie. Right. Um, one, one would be, I've got a twin brother, but we were born on different days. <laughs> okay. Got you. That's amazing. One would be that I'm actually a professional poker player. And okay. One would be that my middle name is James. All right. So okay. the po- so you do have a good poker face. So I might have to believe that one. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, I'm inclined to believe that too. Yeah, I think I've seen pictures of your brother on your Instagram, and he does look yeah. a lot like you. So I kind of believe that one. Yeah. Um, and then the, wait, what was the last one? My middle name is James. Oh yeah, middle name is James. Yeah. I think that is. I think that's the lie because uh, it's the most basic one. The other two are crazy yeah. if true, but I think they might be true. You're you're an interesting man. Yeah. And also mm. in doing research, looking at your Wikipedia page, I'm pretty sure it didn't say Carl James Winchester on there. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with James. What's your lie? What's the lie, Sean? What do you think? Don't tell us yet, Carl. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm with you. Uh, I think the other ones are just kind of really cool. So <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. You know, mind blowing if true though. Yeah. So all right, let's yeah. find out. Yeah. What's so the what, lie? which is the lie? Yeah. 
I'm not a professional poker player. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we gotta Fair update enough. Wikipedia then. We gotta add oh, your yeah. middle name. Although maybe yeah. you don't want your whole government name on there. But uh, well, you can take our money, Carl, because obviously we couldn't tell. <laughs> you <were fine>. yes. <laughs> your, your poker face was too good. Yeah. So wait, first tell us about your brother. You, you have a twin brother, but you were born on different days. I don't know how. <laughs> what's that? A Northern Ireland? Ireland thing? What does that yeah. mean? So he. So. I was born six, like six, like I was born sixteen minutes before twelve, and he mm. was born just after. Do you know what I mean? Oh before, wow! Yeah. Before midnight, so it was like sixteen between us. I don't know if it was like if I was ten, let's say, and he was born like um, six after, but we were mm. born on different days, so it was like just on midnight. <laughs> that is so cool. That's so cool. That yeah. is so cool. All right, Carl, can we put that on on your Wikipedia page? Yeah, of course you can. Bro. That is such a cool stat, man. Oh my God. But I can't believe they don't have Carl James. I don't know how Wikipedia or people know it, but they, there's all, they always put middle names on there and I have no idea how they would know someone's middle name. But mm -hmm. that's why I thought it was the James thing. Do you play poker yeah. though? Nah, I used to, we used to play a bit of far screen on the bus, like yeah. every, <laughs> nice. every away trip. So we used to play a far screen on the bus. And it was great, we used to get a, a lot of people playing it, but ever since that, like I haven't played poker, so I haven't. <laughs> was there was a real uh a real someone who would always be taking the pot on the bus um yeah like maddie stevens always would always mm. just go in and you would just yes. never know what he, he had you could never read him and he somehow <laughs> he, he would always he would always be up so he he was he was decent like Nice, nice. <laughs> so there we go. Don't play poker with Maddie Stevens. Right. Noted. Oh, right. uh, what about what about? I thought you were a prominent guitarist playing Northern Irish music, Northern Irish yeah. rebel music. Like I don't like uh, I support Celtic, and that's why I don't mind the rebels. But <laughs> I never played the guitar in my life, mate. And I would love <laughs> to be able to know how to play the guitar. I would love to get guitar lessons, but I've never played the guitar in the life. So no. All right, fair enough. Uh, I'm. Don't be surprised though if you see a guitar player show up on Wikipedia. Just saying. All right. Uh, so we're gonna get into FGR here, but before we do, this next question comes from a, a, a FGR fan, Nick Goatman. Our guy Nick Goatman. He asks, "Do you still hate Cheltenham?" Do you still hate Cheltenham? <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a strong word. I know I got abused when I went from Cheltenham to Forest Green, but like at the time, I thought it was better for me and my career to go to the Forest Green. And I feel it worked out for me, you know, Cheltenham's gone on to get promoted and they're a good set. And look, I, I had a lot of good friends there and still a lot. I know the fans don't like me because when we played the Nerd Sunderland at home, I hurt my name and all I heard was, <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's just, it's just football at the end of the day. And you, you're going to do what's in your, what you think's in your best interest. And I thought at that time, my best interest was to go to Forest Green. And thankfully, look, I mean, I like, I'm, it worked out for me, so it did. So I wouldn't say hate's a strong word, but they're probably me and them don't see eye to eye really like that. <laughs> All right, and they I will know put, that yeah. our <laughs> listeners can't see, but when the video comes out, you'll see some of this. But uh, Carl is wearing a lime green little jacket here, not red. Look at that, rocking the forest green color. So I think that says Look it all. Uh, all right, I won't ask you the next five questions because Sean Baker says, do you hate Cheltenham? Keelan Jones yeah. asks, do you hate Cheltenham? Yeah. Chris Latham asks, is it true you hate all Gloucestershire-based spa towns beginning with the letter C? So we have a lot of questions <laughs> about you hating Cheltenham. Uh, we also have a picture that, uh, that someone sent in of you and a fan. I think it was actually Nick. And he asked you, like, do you hate Cheltenham? And he, he claims that you confirmed it. 
today but, i probably would have said it probably <laughs> <laughs> uh so so t- t- going back to fgr uh now that that's yeah. confirmed um why why did you choose fgr why why did you feel like that was the right move at that um, time um i thought it was a club definitely coming on the up um i spoke with a lot of people that was there and i spoke with a lot of people um kind of associated with the club and everything was pointing in the right directions like the recruitment that we're going to get in in the summer and that the players that we're going to bring in and what they wanted to do so and it was just local as well so i was I, don't get me wrong it took me a lot of time time to think about it but as well um i felt at the time i needed a new challenge as well and forest green was like i thought that the way they wanted to play football and that would have suited me so I was speaking to my agent, speaking to my family, and it just felt right. And they were like, "Well, if it feels right, just go with it." And having a few conversations, like I say, because I knew a few people there, like a few friends and that, and they spoke really highly of the club. So I was just like, thankfully, I, I was buzzing away because in the end, it was like there were three brilliant years I had. Like I couldn't ask for a better ten. Absolutely, uh, and you know, as I, I said in the in the opening, I mean, you are. A bit of an FGR legend. Like everyone, everyone loves Winnie Esta. Um, <laughs> when you left, you know, we were all devastated. Of course, we understood. We'll talk about yeah. uh, th- that move in a, in a minute. But, um, but yeah, you were so crucial to our success uh, in that midfield. And it was, quite frankly, I mean, it, it was hard to, and still is hard to, you know, to replace you, if, if not impossible to replace you. Um, and so, it, it, anyway, we, we, we saw your impact on the pitch, and uh, and so did Sunderland, which is why which is why you got that awesome opportunity. But I want to stay on FGR for a minute. Um, so t- tell us a little bit more about FGR. What were some of the highs and the lows of your time at FGR? I think the highs um, were like when the first season, when obviously like we got the playoffs. I think every year we were going for promotion, but mm-hmm. there was like a blip every year like you say like at the minute we're having with Sunderland like every season for screen we seem to have that blip and I felt in the first first season we got the playoffs but there was one game we played crew away and we were 3-1 three, three, up, up I think with about 15 minutes ago and we lost that game 4-3 and if we went on to win that game I believe we would have got promoted automatically that season Oh. Because if we won that game, then I think we only needed to get a point or something from our last two games. And it's, I felt we would have went on, like, literally, and got promoted. So that was one of the blips. But look, the high at season was getting the playoffs. I get sent off in the playoff semi final, <laughs> which, <laughs> which yeah. was a nightmare. And I, I feel sorry for the lads because obviously the first game we got a man sent off as well. And, the, and then the second game we go 1 0 up. And then they obviously bring it back to one each. Then I get sent off, and it's just like oh, the lads. It's just an uphill battle for the lads, and yeah. coming in the change room after that, that was a low point because I felt good because we've worked hard all season to get mm. in this position, and you're sitting in the change room getting sent off. And you just feel like you've let everyone down, like because we've worked hard so much, so like worked hard all season to get to this point. But look, there's been many highs, like like you say, like um, I think it was when was it? The second season as well, where we were, were flying top of the league by Christmas, and then I think after Christmas the same, we had a little blip. But it was just, just like some like turning points. 
in seasons, like it can either go one way or the other. And like I think that second half of the season, it just went the other way. And like sometimes you're sitting in a change room looking around thinking, lads, like we've got a good team here. We just need to believe in it. Our luck will change. We, I know sometimes you need luck, but just need to go out there and like just do the basics. Like I say, work hard. Um, make sure no stupid mistakes do everything right to give yourself the best like chance to win a game and actually like once you win that game after being on a rut then it makes it easier next game you go in with a bit of confidence and then if you get that then that's two wins in a row then you can kick on but it's just managing them, them moments in the season where you feel like stuff are cre- creeping in where you think look lads like if we don't like um, stop this or put this right then it could um, end towards a slippery sl- slope. But like I say, I've had a, a lot of good like memories of Forest Green, met a lot of brilliant people. Like it's a great club, like and I would have phase at any player. Like I still get players asking me now, like, mm. what's Forest Green? Like I'm um, like players look, <laughs> looking to go on like, what's it like? And they, they always ask me about the vegan say and I say, Look, it is <laughs> it's a vegan club, but look, the the, um, the chairman, he, obviously he wants you the if you're in his far screen, like if you're in those colours, if you're on the track seat training kit, everything he's paid, it will be vegan. But yeah, that's not intentionally. You have to go vegan. He doesn't make you vegan. Like you can still eat what you want. But anyone that asks me about far screen, I would like a phase. And look, if you get the chance to go, go experience it. It's a brilliant club with brilliant people, and I think they always do well. And you see a season, they're absolutely flying. Like, and I have no doubt yeah. that they'll do that. Because it was coming, you can't keep knocking on the door, knocking on the door every mm-hmm. single season mm-hmm. and um, not get promoted. Same like if you're in a relegation battle, if you're releg- like if you're battling relegation every year, w- one year you are going to get relegated. And the far screen right. since I've been there, like we've always been knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And I hope I'm just praying that this year that the lads can do it because there's some great lads and great people there. Yeah, well, we, we, yeah, we know we know you'll be pumping what? your fist uh, you yes, know, during, a, as much as that you can catch. Yeah, man. What a ringing endorsement for Forest Green, too. Like, nice, we're going to clip man. that and send it to Richard Hughes. And we'll have yeah. Richard Hughes send that to all future <laughs> players. Look what Carl Winchester says. And look where he is now. He's at Sunderland. Oh, man, that was beautiful. So I was, I, well, that was one of my questions. Like, uh, do you still follow Forest Green? Do you root for Forest Green? Yeah, yeah. Like, every... Um... So I support Celtic. So after every game, I would look at Celtic result and Forest Green result because I still speak to all the like most of the lads of Forest Green to the day. Mm. And I would look at there and every week I'm just saying like them winning or drawing, like they're barely losing and, and yeah. that's massive. If you come in your home games and pick up points away, then you'll be up there this season. And I feel like they've done that. And the new players have brought in as well. They they seem to like took on date. The manager as well took on date. He seems like a, yeah. I've heard real. I've heard really good. Refuse yeah. about the manager as well from the ex players, and everyone wow. has a good word to say about him. So look, and, and Richard behind the scenes, and that Mooney, look, they they knew. Obviously, it was it's hard. Um, second mark after what he'd done, he's got them into the league, mm-hmm. and he's near got them promoted a couple of times. Have them playing good football, and to be fair, they've sold um, some of their best players over the year, which is always hard for a team to do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now they've got the right balance. Um, of youngsters and experience now that I don't see why not why they can't get promoted I don't see why oh. they can't love it same same here and there. I think you're yeah. right I mean Rob Edwards has been just brilliant but actually yeah. that takes me to a listener question uh, John Hansford he asked would you ever play for a club managed by Mark Cooper again and maybe as an extension of that how was like the how was your time under Mark Cooper 
Yeah, like listen, I haven't, I ain't got a bad word to say about him because he played me every game, and then he, he ends mm. up making me captain. So when you're playing, you're happy. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's right. different. Like everyone, mm. like, every manager has different opinions. So if you look, mate, you're not going to be every manager's cup of tea. I've learned that sure. at Oldham. <laughs> I was at Oldham. I had sat. I had I had eight different managers, and I wasn't wow. every manager's different. I wasn't every manager's cup of tea. And you're not yeah. going to be. You're not. You're not going to be because so sometimes like. Um, if you're not a manager's cup of tea, then that's fair enough. Just go out somewhere else, play, because someone else will like you and someone else will appreciate you. And I just followed far screen like Mark Cooper. He appreciated me. He liked me as a player. So I didn't have nothing bad to say about him. Like, if he came in for me again, would I play for him? And yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. Oh, that's a great perspective. That's a great perspective. Uh, it seems like you learned, about- it seems like you learned a lot from your time there, Carl, just from, you know, the current blip you're facing now it seems like you have the right attitude you've got a lot of that from your time at four screen right knocking on the door and yeah. those little moments i think you have that appreciation for it and then that hey when you click with a manager that you just roll with it you do your best yeah what i've learned like it's I mean, football's a roller coaster if anyone says <laughs> play and stay on the top it's not it, the ups and downs and see like at my level mm-hmm. you, you probably will experience more downs and ups and it's just managing the, the downs because mm. the, the highs, see the highs, they'll take care of themselves. They take yeah. care of themselves. See the lows, the downs. They were thinking, oh, that's what you have to manage. And once you manage that, you always come through it, no matter what. So, you think. so it's just about managing the downs. That's what I say to all the young players. I say, you're going to come into football, you're gonna, and everyone's going to, and you're going to think, oh, this is easy, easy, it's brilliant. I'm going to go to the top. I'm going to say, no, you're going to probably get rejection. You're going to not be playing on Saturday. You could be dropper from a team you could be playing. You have a back mm-hmm. game, you're out of the team. It's just about managing and managing. And I said, don't get too high with the highs and too low with the lows. Oh, that's a beautiful, nice. like, that's a beautiful perspective yeah. for footballers, but not just footballers. That's a beautiful perspective life, for life. Yeah, it's I mean, life, mate. It's life, like anything, mate. If you do, you could do 10 good things and one bad thing. And what is it? The one bad thing you dwell on. But no one right. ever speaks about the 10. <laughs> They don't speak about the 10 good things because that's to say that the good things take care of themselves. It's the fast things that dwell on, you overthink. And it's just, I don't know, it's exciting ideas. Maybe it's it's mental, but it's hard. It's hard. It is hard once, once you're in that moment when you're dwelling on things and thinking about things. It's easier said than done. But once you manage it and if you manage, manage your main, manage it correctly and to deal with them things, then I think you've, you've cracked it. Because like yeah, I said, the, the highs will deal with the highs, man. That's a brilliant way to look at it. And yeah, it sounds I mean, like it, you've cracked it. <laughs> you yeah, know? it sounds and, like you've cracked and it. Your uh, career has benefited from it. Yeah. That's just yeah. like human nature. You know, we, we, we all, we dwell, we, we tend to dwell on the lows and too quickly so forget much. about the good things that we do. Um, and then we, we let the lows, like we have this mental gymnastics that like takes one little low and then pieces it together with a bunch of other stuff and the world is ending uh, when it's really not. There's a great quote, uh, Mark Twain yeah. quote. I've lived through many ter- no. What is it? Yeah, I've I've lived through many terrible things in my life. Some of which actually happened. Meaning, like <laughs> you know, in our in our brains, we we build up all That's, these terrible things that. Are, oh, go ahead, sorry. Ninety-nine point nine percent of them will never happen. Exactly. Yeah. You're doing this to your own head, thinking it will happen, mm-hmm. and it doesn't happen. It doesn't play out like that. And yep. it's crazy. It's just like I said, overthinking, isn't it? But you dwell on the lows. You do dwell on them. It, Oh, 100%. Oh, that's such a good perspective, man. I love that. Uh, so I'm going to go back to four screen. Just one more one more question. And actually, we're going to ask you about some teammates at the very end. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. We're going to do a little teammate talk. But first, related to that, Shai Yazdi, another listener, asked, uh, 
who was your best Forest Green, or who was and is your best friend from Forest Green while you were with us? Who were you closest with? Well, obviously I was close to Tamo. I live with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Kitchen, another one. I still keep in contact with him. Um, he's saying for Barnsley, so Barnsley's not far from Sunderland, so I would go down to his, get food about it. I speak to kids like near enough every day. Um, I had a lo- load of really close friends like Nathan McGinley. I live with him. Adam Smith, the keeper as well. He he lives up in Sunderland now. I'm still wow. keeping contact with him. Who else is there? It was Cam Dawson. Um, really close. Gav Gunning, if you ever remember him. Gav yeah, Gunning. Yeah, yeah, I, I had a lot of really. It's just I, I I'm like everyone says it. Like I'm just like a likable person. Do you know what I mean? I'm one of anyone's. I'll get on with I'll get on with anyone so well. Really. I'm a likable character, but how do we know it's not your twin, a- Carl? How do we know it's you and not your twin? That's like, <laughs> I know. We were actually, I was actually thinking about doing that one day. Like, you know what? Who was? It? We were playing even. We were playing far screen. We were playing Stumpwork mm-hmm. at home, and my little brother was with his two daughters. No, was, he brought his. He's got three daughters, but he had two of them over, and mm-hmm. they were doing mask after the game. Mm-hmm. So I was doing the warm up, and my brother was standing in the tunnel waiting for. Right, waiting on the kids to go out and do mascot and one of the far screen staff turned around and goes Winnie what are you doing we've got like 15 <laughs> minutes we've got 15 minutes to kick off will you get out and he was like I'm not Winnie and everyone was like he said even uh, like he went to a playoff game for far screen uh, we played Tranmere and he was in the stand and before he went in like he had all the far screen fans coming over to him going Oh, when are you not playing today? You're not playing today, and he's like, uh, uh, no, nah, I'm not. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's because if the oh, first time, if you, yeah, mm-hmm. the first time if you've ever seen like us together, like we're so identical, it's it's, it's mad. Oh yeah, nice, I've seen bro. pictures of you, and you do. Uh, that's that's hilarious. Oh my god, uh, that's brilliant. Okay. Oh, yeah, I just love how you call me your little brother too. It's like. Maybe yeah, sixteen minutes counts. He's born sixteen, 16 minutes. minutes. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> sixteen minutes later. He's my little brother. I love that. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Serious question now. Yeah. This, this we heard this uh, in the uh, in the terraces. We heard that the hair transplant turned your career around. Do you agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you could say I could have scored a header against. It was a port fail, and I don't think I've ever scored a header before. <laughs> there, so, we <laughs> there we go. There we go. So I could have done it. So I could have. Nah, that was funny. I, me- I remember coming back preseason. And tell Shane all the lads like about I got a hair transplant and all no one could believe me. And then when I took my hat off and they like, you seen it and all the lads were just laughing and like oh man. <laughs> it was so funny. It's so funny, but yeah. well, it's not doing too it's bad. It's looking good. It's looking uh, great actually. Yeah. But I but I just wonder, Carl, do you feel guilty? Do you feel like you turned your back on the bald community? Man, see to be honest, see the way it's going, like and I went like two years ago. Man, everyone's going. I mean everyone See my plane, everyone on it had a hair transplant and there must have been hundreds on it. Everyone was just running about with big bandages on their head, mate. And like, <laughs> ever since like, my mate went before me, so I knew what it would have been decent because he went. But see, since I went, the amount of people that went and the amount of people yeah. get on to me and ask me, mate, there's been like hundreds. Like, I I get, I usually get a regular message about it still now. And oh, see wow. Other people asking me like, Will you send me the number or will you put me on to this or you put me on to that? It's crazy. So there we yeah. go. Carl Winchester side gig. He is a hair transplant consultant on the side. Uh, if anyone's looking at anything, 
even though you even though i can't help but think that you've let down all the little bald boys and bald girls out there who grow up wanting to be a footballer i feel like you could have been their yeah. role model but you let them down that's okay you look good like you look good yeah, at least. nathan i feel like larry david from Kirby enthusiasm can never be like a four screen over <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> well, it looks good and I, and I love that, that it gave you the header power too um, yeah. so anyway speaking of turning your back on people carl roderick asks. I'm, he, he wants me to act. I can't act. But he says, why? Why? How could you do this to us? You left us when we needed us most. Um, but seriously, no no one could blame you for, for leaving. Uh, so I just want to talk about that experience. Uh, you know, in the prime of your career, you get an opportunity to play for one of the biggest clubs in England, a massive historical club with a crazy fan base. Um, it just had to be a special moment for you and your family. Could you just tell us about that experience? Like, what did that opportunity to play at Sunderland mean to you and to your family? Oh, I mean, massive, like a dream come true. Like that's what you dream of when you're a kid to play for the biggest clubs in England. And like Sunderland, it, it's a sleeping giant, mate. Like it's got everything put in place. Just I can that that club could go and then go again. That could be in the Premier League, and mm -hmm. I don't know how many years, but it, it's got everything in place. The goal, it's got the fan base, like you say, it's got the stadium, it's got the facility, it's just got everything just to go. But like when it happened, it was I didn't I, I didn't believe it. Like I was like Sunderland, want me? I was like what? <laughs> I was like no way, and they were like yeah yeah they want you, and I was just like ah, oh, there was no way I could ever turn that down. No way in a million years. And my family and all, everyone back home, like everyone was just buzzing. Everyone was just like glad because they said look all the hard work you put in for years down the leagues like at least so, so, like you've got something to show for it and like people are starting to see that now and then um, I spoke to the club and the club went look we don't want to stand your way like you've been a brilliant yeah. servant to us you've done us so well they said we, we'll help you and, and try and get you as well so the club were brilliant with me with it as well like they like nothing they, they were like all right we're gonna help you because you've been a good servant just and i was like oh thanks so much so it got done rather quickly don't get me wrong i was got it because obviously in a way we had unfinished business for screen i wanted to try there to try and get promoted but i knew an opportunity like this probably wouldn't come again especially at my age so it's like i had to go and especially a club like sunderland mate like it's you're always going to go like oh uh, yeah like i said not right. none of us can blame you for leaving it's the opportunity mm. of a lifetime uh, yeah. And and no one deserved it more than you. So we're so we're so happy for you, uh, and you've been killing it. Like I said, we're, well, I want to talk about that in just one second. But first, I just want to put a put a, a little thing, a little advertisement for Sham and I. Uh, if you plan to make any moves in the future, Winnie Esta, and you need some agents, let us know because yeah. we were we were Chris Stokes's agents. Uh, un, we're unauthorized by Chris, but nevertheless, <laughs> we negotiated face to face with Dale Vince on. Chris Stokes' behalf, without his permission, and well, I, mean, I guess it didn't work out because Chris Stokes <laughs> is now in Scotland. But yeah. <laughs> it was our first client. We'll, we'll learn from those mistakes Thanks. or mistakes as uh, as Sham Sham. Maybe, maybe maybe we asked for too much, Sham. What did we? Maybe what were the it? terms of our <laughs> of our negotiation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think having like every concession named after Chris Stokes at the home games was kind of <laughs> a bold move on our part. But. <laughs> That's right. We wanted to them to call the the colas or the the, the sodas in uh, in the stadium the Stoka Cola. Yeah, we tried <laughs> yeah. to rebrand every food item in the concession. Yeah, the Chrissy, the Chrissy vegan pies. Uh, yeah, they didn't go for no. it, but uh, but but we learned from that mistake. So if you need agents, let us know. I will.
Uh, you'll be first to know, Mitt. <laughs> all right, all right. So we, we've uh, you've, you've told us a lot about Sunderland, but before yeah. we get talk any, any more about Sunderland, I want to ask the Gooch, the Gooch. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, Sean? I do. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You're talking about the guy that's still Christmas, right? <laughs> the Gooch that's still Christmas. Lyndon. No, I'm talking about Lyndon Gooch. No. <laughs> American international you play with at Sunderland. The Gooch, a fellow American like Sean and I. You ever tell me he has a hilarious name? Nah, <laughs> never. <laughs> Gucci <laughs> man. Gooch. Gucci. Great, Are you great close lad. with him? Yeah, yeah. So Gucci is American and he can play for Ireland as well. So he's oh, oh. Yeah. So he's played for Ireland youth level a couple of times. So he has. Oh, wow. Like, Does he have a Cali so- accent though? Is he, isn't he from California? Yeah. Yeah, he's from California. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a yeah, a Cali accent, so he does. But <laughs> but yeah, he's a great lad. So he's good. Gucci's been at Sunderland a long time. Like I think, I think near yeah. ten years he's been there. He came yeah. through the the youth academy, so he has. So he's been at the club a long time now. But he is, he's a great lad. So he is really good lad. I love that you call him Gucci because that was the nickname I came up with. So I guess I guess <laughs> it's not that original. That's a, but that's a, yeah, luxury yeah. man, a luxury play. Gucci man, <laughs> uh, the Gucci. The Gooch, what a name! All right. Well, speaking of names, uh, what do you think of the Winnie Aston name? Do you do you like it? Do you find it annoying? Do you find it like an honor? What What are your thoughts of this uh, of this nickname? You're in the market uh, for new I, nicknames. No, I, I, I don't. I don't mind it. Obviously, I, it was from my time at Oldham when the, I think the Oldham fans as well. I think they were saying it back then, so I'm just used to it now, mate. Like, obviously, it's. It's a bit far fetched. Like Iniesta is one of the <laughs> one of the best players ever to play the football. Like, what a player! Like, but it is funny in a way when everyone's saying when Iniesta, I'm just I'm just laughing. So you know, it's just something that 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 I go with nicer. I do. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I want to ask you: Do you uh, do you play with a, a chip on your shoulder at all? I remember when when the move first happened to Sunderland. Uh, there were a lot of Sunderland fans that were skeptical of the move because they thought, you know, why are we bringing in this 28-year-old guy we never heard of from tiny little Forest Green League Two nobody team? Uh, why are we bringing this guy in? And you know, obviously, since then you've proved them wrong, and, and I think you've turned them into believers and, and big fans. But I wonder if 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 doubters, if you've had doubters in the past, if they, if that motivates you. Yeah, I think um, I knew I knew like no one when I was going up there would have given me a chance because like you say if I was a Sunderland fan I would have been the same look at I would have been like what are we saying someone from League 2 like what did you say 28 like what are we doing we should be going for players in the higher leagues like championship to try and get us in a championship so I totally understand the Sunderland's like fans feeling that but it, it did take me a while to get settled because um, I'm just moving up there um, just getting used to everything I'd, like last season I was in there the team but then this season I knuckled down and, and thankfully like my performances, like well before the last couple of games, my performances, I've showed what I can do. And mm. they are they are a tough like tough fans to crack, but once you crack like once you crack them and, and you remember them and they like you, then there's no better fans. Like they're actually unbelievable. Like see like yeah. them although just like singing every game, the atmosphere, just everything about them. They just love football and when you're once you're doing well for a club like Sunderland, and then it can make your life a, load, a whole lot outside happier, so it can a lot better. So I, 
they, they they just want these same fans they just want you to give a hundred percent every week they yeah. they don't care say if you give a hundred percent they'll you'll like walk off a pitch and then fans will applaud you knowing that you've put everything in because up here they're just like like working class it's kind of like where i'm from back mm. home in belfast so i know what they're like and if you just give them your effort and give them them all and then they'll really appreciate that but it did take me away like i feel like the try and win the fans over here because like you say at the start like no one's giving you a chance really like coming from me to the club like Sunderland but it's just about time and once you get your chance taking it and trying not to like read into things like if, if people are, are like trying to like come for you or like just put that to the back of your head and say look you're a good player you've been brought here for a reason and you will get the chance to show them and once you get the chance you're just going to have to show them and thankfully like, like I say the start of the season um, uh, I've been doing that. I love that. And yeah, you have, yeah. like we said, outside of Ross Stewart, who, from what we've heard, has been like lights out. Yeah, and Carl Winchester is right player. up there yeah. uh, as, as one of the best players of the season so far. Um, and you've been playing at right back at Sunderland lately. How, how yeah. did you go, or how has that trans- transition gone? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, um, we didn't send a right back at the start of the season. And I, well, I haven't played there for years, like, but then the gaffer was speaking to gaffer and was like, well, will you play her in a couple of friendlies? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, and I played there and I actually done well, done well. And then I just kept on, he kept playing me and I kept doing well, kept doing well. And then from that there, um, he just, he's just stuck me, stuck me there and I haven't changed. But I'm enjoying it too, as long as I'm playing for like a club like Sunderland and you're playing week in, week out. Then yeah, I'm yeah. happy, I'm happy to play anywhere and I'll adapt to anything. So yeah, so well, so just one of them things that we didn't send a right back and the manager said look you're a comfortable player and i said yeah of course man i've just been there ever since yeah you've even got tomo's backup gloves i'm sure somewhere in the training yeah, bag yeah, right yeah, just in case they have a pitching goal they need you in goal <laughs> well tomo told you his secrets how to stop penalties i love it um so maddie from scotland asked is there going to be a sunderland till i die season three uh unfortunately not met there they've stopped that night so they have there was obviously that there was season one season two because mm. I remember watching them like yeah, mm. obviously a couple of years later you're saying it for them you're like whoa because that gives you a key yeah. inside of the club and like what's happening and the fan base and all and it is like until like you watch that you don't realise as well how big of a club it is it's huge but I think they've stopped all that night so unfortunately there's not going to be a season three uh, do you do you see any of the like any of the fans that were like interviewed? Have you have you met any of them or seen any of them that were a big part of the series? Yeah, yeah. well, I haven't like last time watched it was years ago, but yeah, there there you get the like once obviously playing you do get the recognized fans and familiar faces, and you do see a lot of them. Like you see thousands of them. Yet to be honest, absolutely thousands. And that's what well, makes Sunderland like, Sunderland, right? Like uh, the ardor of those fans, like thousands yeah. of just consistently there. So. That's what I mean. Like, like they show up like after we get beat five one at Rotherham, and like they show up four thousand to Sheffield Wednesday away. Like, yeah, it's just they're incredible. Wow. Like I'm fair, fair play to them. Like like we do, we appreciate them so much as players. Like even though at times it, it may be hard for them, like you know, watching on the last couple of performances. But it's just one of them. We got just take the blame ourselves and we are doing that and just need to focus on the next game and trying to start winning more football matches. 
And you will. You are going to lead them to the promised land. I'm confident. Sean's confident. You've turned us into Sunderland fans here. So we uh, we just have a couple more questions, some personal questions, and then we're going to go to a Four Screen Rovers teammate talk, and then we'll wrap it up. So this comes from Lee Pitts, our guy Lee Pitts. He asks, how do you feel about having a pub named after you in Sean of the Dead? Sean of the Dead. (laughs) Uh, I've seen Sean of the Dead one of his years ago. (laughs) And I think there's been a couple of funny photos, like, my mates, my mates send me sometimes when like every score a goal and it'd be a picture of me standing with a pint and I'd be like my face crapped onto someone on Shaun of the Dead and I'd be at the <laughs> and I'd be at the bar the Winchester and yeah. it'd be me sitting there having the pint. So nah, it, it's just it's funny in a way like Love it. <laughs> that once something happens like the, the bar will be like there'll be pictures of the bar and there'll be a picture of me in it like having a drink. It's, it's kind of funny. I love that. I love that. Um. Uh, we have another question here. Uh, this is from our stat man, Chris Latham. He says, what do you call chips on a bread roll? I have no idea what that means, but maybe you do. Chip butter. Chip what? Chip I don't even know what chips chip on a bread roll is, but chip buddy? Chip chip, chip butter, butter, yeah. So I guess, that, is that French fries on a sandwich? For yeah, us yeah. Americans? But it's I have a no idea what that sandwich, means. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I love it. Yeah, chip butter. Chip, or, chip or, butter. Just a chip, or just a chip sandwich. Awesome. Chip sandwich. Man, I need one of those. That sounds amazing. And that's vegan friendly. Let's go. Uh, we should get those at the new one. Um, all right, Carl. In July, I think you can confirm this, but I think in July, you welcomed Willow Winchester to the world. How, how has fatherhood changed you, Carl? Um, yeah, it's, it's my, like, um, <laughs> you grew up, grew up a lot faster than you think. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible you can't explain it until it actually happens to you I know a lot of people were saying like it's the best thing ever to happen to you but you're thinking that yeah 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 but when it actually happens to you it's unbelievable like she's she just gets bigger and bigger every day and just like credit to my girlfriend as well like um, they're actually back in Ireland at the minute so they are they're going to be over coming back in next week so they are so she's in Ireland at the minute she was getting her like her little injections yesterday Okay. But yeah, so it's hard like when when they go back and been away. But yeah, it changes you for the best, like because now everything's just about your family. Everything's like I just say you do like something bad happens or something's not going well, then you can just come home and like they kind of give you that bit of like lift. So they mm-hmm. the baby and that. So it, nah, it's been brilliant, mate. It's been unreal. Oh, that's beautiful! Oh, man, congratulations, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. so, thank you. Yeah, I guess that's kind of how you how you maybe manage some of these lows in, in football, yeah. like the, the three you know the three losses. You come home, you see Willow, and you're like, ah, oh, this is what really matters in life. Yeah, you know? yeah of course. Big that's time, beautiful. Man. She was born on what? It was a July twentieth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. July. That's my anniversary. So my wedding anniversary. So is it? I'm gonna send I'm gonna send Willow a little birthday message every July twentieth if I remember. I'm gonna remember it's my anniversary i should remember i hope i don't forget uh, i hope i don't forget my anniversary that is oh uh, anyway uh that you got a tatted arm sleeve winniesta it's beautiful yeah. i wish sham and i i don't think we have the guts to do that if we did though, it would look yeah. it would make us look a lot cooler than we actually are what is what is your most meaningful tattoo um um there's a portrait on it of my best friend probably actually when they like a Sad thing now, it was a portrait of my best friend um, who passed away four years ago in 2017. So it's like a memory sleep wow. for him. So mm. the, the tattoo has a lot of meaning behind it. That's why I got it done. So he passed away like four years ago. So he did so 
I thought I'd get um, a memory sleeve, a memory of him. So uh, everything on it is just just for him. So it is. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's a beautiful mm. way to to honor honor your yeah. friend, man. Oh, that's so awesome, man. Uh, yeah, that's also something that you use as a reminder and motivation for you sure. when yeah. when you're the, the day or is it just kind of like something like the process of going through and getting the tattoo was was the most meaningful yeah i think it's that there like every day as i would just look at it and it just helped me get through the day because don't get me wrong i do get some that down days about it thinking about it think about what happened and that's when i go mm. back to that was that was the time with cheltenham and i went through a bit of a, a bad time and that's when I knew oh, I needed wow. to move and that's when I knew I just needed out of like the move from Cheltenham and New Challenge but like just looking at every day mean this, the meaning of it and I know he'll be watching me he'll be watching me every day looking down over me and that that's just a reminder that he's doing that so it is oh that's beautiful man Love that's it. beautiful Love and a reminder of the transient nature of life you know it's yeah we have no idea when our you know when, when which day is going to be our last day uh, exactly so appreciate your loved ones appreciate the ones that are uh, there for you right exactly. you have you have to that's what i learned as well through that experience like you just uh as i say appreciate your loved ones and just, just enjoy every minute isn't it mm, yeah. i know it's easier staying done but you do have to enjoy life as well yeah absolutely 100% man that's good perspective and that's that's beautiful man so we we got just a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up here so second to last question before we get teammate talk so you have a long career ahead of you still you're 28 years young in the prime of your career but what does life after football look like for you what what are some other passions that you might want to explore someday when you're 45 and you finally retire mate I don't know I'm thinking about doing my coaching badges nice so yeah I was thinking about that, but I literally don't know. I've been speaking. I was actually speaking to my girlfriend the other day about it. I was like, I need something in place for after football because I don't know what I want. Some days I'm thinking I want to do a barbering course. Some days I'm thinking I want to go and do it. I want to go and be a plumber, or do I want to go and a building site, or do I want to go and be a, a personal trainer? Man, there's so many things go through my mind every day. What am I going to do after football? But I don't know. Like I was, I was actually speaking to someone, and he was like, "Why don't you like go and like like for a week, like on, your, on the off season, go and experience something? Think they go and do a course for a week, and go or go there for a week, just to get that experience and see what you like." But see, at the minute, man, I just don't know what I'm gonna have, what I'm doing at the football. I don't have a clue. I need to get a plan in in progress soon, like. But at the minute, everything's up in the air because, like I say, one week I want to do this, next week I want to do that. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. It's zest you, for man. life. Yeah. Sean and I don't know what we want to do with our lives either, so don't worry. You're uh, you're, in, yeah. you're, in, you're in good company here. Yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome. And it, maybe you're just going to be able to live off your uh, Premier League wages someday when you come hey. back to Fourth Green. When we're in the Premier League, yeah. you, you, exactly. you take the transfer from Sunderland in the Championship up to Fourth Green in the Premier League. Uh, but exactly. on to Fourth Green. Maybe I'm, I'm hoping you haven't played your last game at Forest Screen. We're gonna get promoted. Nah. You're gonna come back to us. But anyway, you, let's say you have, or if you haven't, whatever. How do you hope that that Forest Screen Rovers fans remember you? Just as like you say, like a good player and a good person about the about the place. Like it was, I would like to think it was one of the players that would give it all every time he went put on the shirt. So just remember that just a good player and a good person. I love that. And I think, I think, I mean, every, every fan, every four screen Rovers fan we've talked to who's had some kind of interaction with you. I think they all feel that way. Uh, they yeah. they were so excited when we we're like, Oh yeah, Winnie's coming on. They're like, Oh my God, I can't wait to, you know, you're from Winnie again. 
Uh, you are a proper, you know, FGR legend for a reason. Yeah, and I think I think everyone remembers you that way. And the good news is you're going to have a chance to, to continue to put that stamp in their memories because you're going to come back to us someday when we're up, up in the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> hope so anyway yeah, all right yeah uh, you're, gonna get, you're so, gonna get that taste of the emirates you know you're gonna get that yeah, yeah, cup, yeah. uh taste in your mouth <laughs> you're gonna want to get back there right so <laughs> so, uh, so uh we'll finish up here with a little teammate talk this is comes from uh jake wyman he wanted to we usually do a teammate talk with like some really stupid topics we come up with some really stupid questions but jake wanted us to play it straight so we're gonna ask you some straightforward teammate talk questions referring to your teammates when you played at four screen rovers so we're gonna we're gonna give you a description you tell us who fits that description so sham you want to alternate here yeah it was good cool good. all right so here we go the jake wyman mimi keen memorial teammate talk in honor of you jake and mimi keen uh so and also i feel like every answer is going to be piercy because i've seen you do one of these in the past and you said piercy every single time <laughs> <laughs> but here we go first one who's the player's player from your time at fgr um reese Brown. Love it. Reese Brown. Jimmy. Nice. Okay. Who's the uh, funny man in the change room? I had the big Gav coming. He was crazy. Gav was mad up. <laughs> right. and, and another one who was funny, but got rest him, Lee, Lee Collins. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, like, he was so funny as well. See him and Gav all that first season. I've never laughed so much in my entire life when I used to win the training. The MT used to, oh, they were so funny. So, them too, definitely. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. All right, tough as nails. Um, Kit, Liam Kitchen. Nice. He was. He would have been the yeah, kids would have been. Or Matty Stevens as well. Matty yeah. Stevens, boxer. He was Matty. <laughs> Matty and Liam definitely. Yeah. 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 Any man who like just gets punched in the face for fun, I think I could yeah. classify as tough. <laughs> yeah, Ma- yeah. Marian, Marian maybe this, yeah, the secret to his poker face as well. He's taking everybody's <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, who is that? Who is Mr. Vane? Mr. Famous? I can't make uh, 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 No, Mr. Mr. Vane, Vane like, like, like all about their looks, all about like, you know, uh, making sure they look right for the for the pitch or off the pitch. Um, he was tails, definitely. <laughs> Everyone still says that to this day. Yeah. And I like uh, it. His, his Snapchat used to say, like the last half of Snapchat, and he used to like be posting on Snapchat. <laughs> and everyone used to be like, what's he doing? Nah, but Tails, he's another great lad, so yes, but I would, I would give it to him. Uh, we got we to gotta have Tails on because he comes every time we do a teammate talk, he always, he's in everyone's teammate talk for something. Uh, he sounds like yeah. a character. We got to get him on. Uh, how about a rally man? And by this, I mean like things are not going well on the pitch. Second half, who do you look to as like the, the guy who's going to give you guys inspiration to like to come back? Um, who would have been my, my first year? It would have been Daphne, Gavin, Carlo. They would have Daphne. Got everyone in because they were like most experienced. Even like you had Ruben Reed, Lloyd, Lloyd James. There was a lot of experience in that third group. Whereas like my second year, you had um, Joseph Mills. He would have got the lads, try to get the lads going, catch as well. Then you probably include myself in that as well in the second year. When um, I, yeah, so I was gonna- there's a, a lot of people. Are, it, it is like because it's, it's a young team as well. 
a lot of the squad like up the years well because obviously like, my last season was captain so a lot of them probably would have looked, looked at me to get the lads going as well so yeah that's what i was gonna say that's a tough one probably for you to answer because i feel like you yeah. are the answer to that <laughs> and i think most most or maybe all players would agree yeah all right, also, i think that's also why like fgr was always kind of challenging and towards the top because you had multiple people who could you know yeah. rally, yeah, rally, rally everybody. Yeah. yeah definitely yeah. So who do you, in your time, um, who do you think was the grumpiest, maybe after a tough training session or a difficult <laughs> result? Who's the grumpiest? Or maybe just somebody who stubbed their toe and was not good the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, that um, that first season, that I called Theo Archibald. <laughs> okay. it, he, like in training, mate, uh, he mm. could lose his head. Like, I don't know how many times. Like, it was near fate every day in training. But see, off the pitch, nicest person ever but see <laughs> training the matches oh he used to like lose a rag so easy like he could just wow. switch like that and and liam kitchen as well he could wow. he could lose as well he could go grumpy like so he could. that's all awesome. that's great <laughs> yeah. and it sounds like also nikki cadden these days we, we talked to kane wilson a couple days uh, a few episodes ago and he was like, Nicky like Cadden, same story like nicest guy off the pitch but on the pitch in his little Scottish Rose. accent, constantly yelling at everyone. Hey, bro! Kane! What are you doing? Cads and Kane both flying this season, aren't they? Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. It's been awesome to see both wings just kill. They're yeah. going to be up in League One with you very soon, but with us, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but those two are amazing. Amazing. They've been yeah, so, keep, keep so crucial to our success. And Cadden, you know, we knew from last year, but Kane was, you know, we didn't see the, this brilliance last year for a lot of reasons, playing time. Uh, yeah. Injury, but this season, oh my goodness, he's been maybe the best player, you know, play, maybe yeah. player of the season so far. He's been unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, you always see Navikin. He always had that ability, but when I was there, it's just injuries that, that killed him. You yeah. always mm -hmm. knew I was a good player, so Forest Green fans were always going to get there enjoy him at some time. Like, and we are, man. Yeah. He's been yeah, fine brilliant. start to the year so far. Yeah, brilliant. So here we go. Worst fashion. Worst fashion. Um, yeah, tab yeah. <laughs> um, that first year as well, Theo. Oh, Theo. <laughs> Theo used to come in and like, um, like big boots and like, like jeans, like the like go over the boots and like little like hats and big baggy t-shirts and all. And all the lads used to be like, but it, look, he had his own style and that there, and that was him. But. Yeah. Some of the stuff he used to come in with, uh, everyone used to be like, this kid's mad. Yeah. I don't wonder he's <laughs> so grumpy then, mad, right? Yeah. Everyone's all hating on his spits. That's why he's that's so grumpy all the time. That's right. That's right. That's why he's always grumpy. <laughs> but that's what I say, like, I'd say he's a great lad. He, mm. he was just, he was, he was an old, brilliant, brilliant person. Like. I love it. Awesome. All right, hit him with the last one, Sean. All right. Last one here, Winnie. Uh, what? Who is the last one that would be on the bus at an away day? So who's just kind of taking forever in the shower, hanging around the stands at an away ground, and just making it to the bus as it's pulling away? Well, he'd be late. Um... I'm going to go for Don Sweeney. Sweeney, let's go. <laughs> Why Sweeney? Okay. No, no, I'm just going to give Sweeney a mansion and a shout out. There so you let's go. go. I'll give it we'll just say, yeah. Yeah, we'll just say he's, he's ready to. Uh, people in the locker room. Exactly, yeah. He's setting up oh, all the booby traps that, and everything. That, 
that year, the season before I left was carnage in them change rooms. So it's been <laughs> our change room, and you had the other change room. Yeah. And it, every day something would happen. Something would go missing. <laughs> someone's clothes would be hung up, or people like you'd be sitting there. The door would be open, and people would be just throwing food in. Oh, it was, it was, it was funny. It was yeah. actually funny. They actually yeah, we were- get padlocks on the change room. The lock the change room when you went out the train. And one day. <laughs> We padlocked our change room door, and somehow they get into it while we were training. And I mean, they they trashed the whole change room. The whole change room was trashed, and we were like, it was padlocked, but they broke the padlock it in. And I mean, they wrecked the whole change room. But now nah, it was good times. It was good times. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Yeah, we we've heard so many so many fun stories about the dressing room wars between yeah. you guys with everybody it, it's 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 brilliant it's beautiful it shows also like what a great you know group of guys this is yeah yeah Dan Sweeney, Sweeney is always like at the you know at the forefront of it swings <laughs> is always in the middle of it like, yep. he's always in the middle of it <laughs> uh well we will wrap up there man carl winchester thank you so much man this has been awesome oh, getting man. to know you thank yeah. you for being so open so candid Thank you for being letting, letting us ask stupid questions. Uh, but man, it's been such a pleasure getting to talk, talk with you. You are an FGR legend. Um, <laughs> we're all going to remember you fondly. And we're going to welcome you back with open arms when you come back to us in a couple seasons when we're up in the Premier League. Uh, but yeah. until then, man, continued yeah. success. Keep yeah, killing it at Sunderland. I hope you guys get promoted. I hope you're playing in the championship next year, man. Such a, yeah. such a joy. Such a pleasure to hang out with you, man. No worries. Thank you. That's appreciated as well. Winniesta, what oh, a man. guy, Shimmy, what a guy. So incredible and just so excited for him that, you know, he's possibly going to be able to play at the Emirates, that he's, you know, just all these great things are happening for his career right now. And we knew him when, all of all of the early beginnings of last season. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we've known him for so long, all the way back to last <laughs> September. Uh, awesome, awesome, dude, such a pleasure to get to meet Winniesta, man. Um, oh, so cool. All right, Shimmy, let's move on to Chris Latham, the, the FA Cup FGR women's team. Here we go, Chris. Uh, on to the women's game, Statman. The women's game. What, what updates, what analysis do you have for us? What recaps do you have for us from the women's team? I went to Eastley away last weekend to watch them in the FA Cup. Uh, it was the last qualifying round as well, so the promised land of first round proper. Um, it was at Eastleigh's kind of um, stadium that men play at as well, and credit to the club, their, their women play there every week, I think, or every game. So oh, wow. when, when down okay. end, it was a very, I really enjoyed the previous game of the FA Cup against Almondsbury at the new lawn. That was brilliant, but this was really good in a different way. They were just quite level, and it made for a really interesting match. So. Um, they had easily had a really, really good central midfielder. Number 15, I don't know her name, apologies. Um, but she was really happy to pick the ball up from defence and either turn left or right, which is really hard to play against. And then she'd mm-hmm. kind of pass it out and quite often to their, their wingers. But um, we were starting to get back into it and then they scored, went one up. We got to half time. Chris Hicks, the, the FGR manager, credit to him as well. We talked about Rob Edwards halftime subs um, earlier, didn't we, for, from yesterday? And Chris did the same. So he he made a substitution. He brought on, um, I'm really terrible at remembering it. So I think it was Herbert who came on at centre-back, which allowed Morris to go into midfield. 
Um, and oh, it wow. just, we just got on top of the, the <laughs> midfielder who was causing us problems. But I think like I could go through the, the whole 11 and tell you something really good about each player, which is really fun. Like when you're learning a new team, like from the goalkeeper, you could hear like booming voice, like telling everyone what to do, which is exactly what you want, right to the front there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie Rowlands, who we've mentioned before as well, coming in at left back and making a crunching tackle as well and doing, right. it and doing, doing what's needed, everyone mucking in the commitment. Yeah. It was just really, really good to see. It was like, it's a real shame that they've gone out, but I think they did them, and like, I think they did themselves proud, but better than that is the, the manager, Chris Hicks. I think in his um, article that Laurie did, which is uh, not Laurie, uh, Ollie, wrong, right? Wrong, wrong top, of the, top of the hill pod. Wrong right? pod on top Ollie. of the hill guy. <laughs> yeah, Ollie, it's, it's Ollie. It's because I was reading Laurie's report from yesterday. <laughs> yeah. They're, 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 they're everywhere, these two. They're doing a yeah. great job. Yeah, um, they are. Oh my god, they are everywhere. Ollie's, they're amazing, Ollie's though. Anyway, sort of said, he said how Chris was. Um, Chris Hicks was really proud of them as well. But I, I just thought they did superbly well, and it's it's just a really compelling game in a different way. Cause the tactical nature of it, uh, and the ebb and flow to it is really, really good. Kind of um, classic cup game, I'd say. Yeah, I gotta say, I watched the highlights too. The highlights are on YouTube. So shout out to the club. For, for filming it, for putting, it on, yeah. putting the highlights on. But watching the highlights, I, I agree. I think we had a couple decent chances, and our goalkeeper had made some big saves too. She had this one diving one hand. She 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 unfortunately had to like deal with a lot of like one on one situations, and she made some big sl- saves from watching the highlights anyway. But man, sucks we lost. But shout out to the women's team. I know they had a game uh, today Sunday. But I know it got, it got canceled for some reason. I'm not 100 percent sure why. Uh, but man, the, based on what I saw in the highlights, based on your recaps, that it seems like they're destined for really good, good things. So excited to keep following along. I hope the club keeps yeah. posting the highlights uh, because it's there. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, so shout out to the women's game. We're gonna get some players and hopefully Chris Hicks on soon. Just sorting some stuff out there. Chris Latham. Uh, let's let's get let's get back into Chris Latham now. Let's talk about the FA Cup. Uh, and anyway, last thing we want to ask you about, Chris, is the FA Cup. We got the FA Cup on Sunday. St. Albans City, the Saints, <laughs> when the Saints go marching in. Chris, any thoughts on... Well, I don't know if you have any thoughts on St. Albans City. I, Shaman, I know nothing. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. in general, about the FA, FA Cup, about St. Albans City, what does the cup mean? I guess growing up, we used to play football on... I don't know if you've heard of it, like Wembley doubles or FA Cup doubles, we'd call it. So like you have one goalkeeper in between two jumpers, I guess, for goalposts. And then you have like three or four teams of two people and you all have to try and score in the same goal. <laughs> and then if you score, you <laughs> go through. And then if you're the last team to score, you get knocked out. And you just like, so you played, you played through the FA Cup and Wembley and everything yeah. else. I think there's, although the Champions League is probably come in and become a bigger thing in the Premier League over recent years has become bigger which maybe watered down the think a bit I think the magic's still there um, and then these are the draws you want right you don't want to be playing Swindon for the fifth time in one season <laughs> right one source, right um, you want to be playing like a St Albans because hopefully touch wood is a winnable game plus you get to go somewhere different smaller ground or like different ground um, mm-hmm. or you want to play a big team a really big yeah. team that you've got no chance of being really like a Man City, but you might have a chance. Right. You've got a fighting chance, but 
and right. these are the games you want, aren't they? They're, it's kind of quite special. I, I don't know. I did, I, I've been intrigued to know, to know what you guys think of it, I guess, because in, in England, we think of it as the best cup competition in the world in terms of like domestic cups, not international, but we think it's quite, quite good, quite big. And the idea that any team can effectively go on and qualify, it's pretty special. Yeah, well, I mean, as before, you know, uh, finding Forest Green Rovers, being an Arsenal fan, uh, I love the FA Cup because that's really <laughs> the one cup, com- cup competition they've had some success in as of late, yeah. you know, and they haven't really come close to winning the Premier League or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's just like that the history that's involved too, right? Having it be kind of so old. Um, and this, I think Americans love Cinderella stories. Like that's why we watch yeah. uh, March Madness every spring with college basketball. 100%. Like, we just love to see the up-and-comers, like someone you've never heard of, just kind of show out, ball out one day and knock out, you know, um, a team. So it's like, yeah, I love it. I love the FA Cupers. 100% agree, yeah. Because of that, because of the Cinderella story, because any team in England can can enter it too, right? Pretty much. Like, yeah, there's qualifying rounds and systems and things, and yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. But like an, a bunch of amateurs who have like full-time jobs could potentially play against Manchester City, right? Or Liverpool, like that could, that's like a possibility. Yeah, and we like, we, we love that kind of story, don't we? And yeah. I was going that we missed out on, um, who was it? Like, uh, the, the club with the link with Brazil. Oh, Corinthian Casuals. Corinthian, yeah, yeah. Corinthian Casuals. <laughs> yeah, us too. Yeah. I was going about that, because they're mega passionate, aren't they? No offense to say all yeah. by the way. But um, like that's the part of the joy of it. And I was chatting to my friend about it, and he he was saying I think he watched something on like a documentary on them. And this like this one going back to you said about someone in a full time job. They had guys who were like I think their top striker at the time. They went over for a pre season friendly in Brazil. Was a plumber, and it was all <laughs> a mob in it. Oh, wow. they, were, they were kind of like, and that's wow. what we love over here is those those people that are doing full time jobs. It's relatable. It's kind of like. Yes. me and you and other people yeah. and then they get to their FA Cup first round proper and then score a goal in the 90th minute or something that puts them through to the next round and all of a sudden it's by this guy called Andy whoever who's, <laughs> who's an electrician by trade he's yes. just scored and it, like, it, there's just something really incredible about that isn't there and that's that's what's in part of it, the enjoyment of it I guess 100% yeah. Yeah, and I have to say, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed we, we aren't playing Corinthians Casuals because just to play a team called the Casuals, like I know, you know, we're the Forest Green Rovers, their team's like Bolton Wanderers. So you think, okay, that just means traveling, but when you play a team called the Casuals, it just makes me think that it's just pure loitering. And that makes me think like that's the inspiration behind all these names. We're just, we're not wandering to a place, we're just wandering around. We're just roving around. We're just casual. I love it. I love so, it. but maybe next time, maybe next time. Uh, I love it. Well, Statman, Chris, thank you so much. As always, always a pleasure to catch up with you, uh, our friend Chris Latham, the Statman, our official correspondent too for the women's team. Let's go, Chris Latham. Happy Halloween to you, good sir. Halloween, Chris. Thanks. Halloween. All right. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. All right. Let's close out here, Shimmy. What a chat we had with Winnie Esther. What a nice little chat with Statman as well. Uh, how are we feeling after all that, Shimmy? Just both great guys, man. I mean, great just guys. love to see the grassroots support that Chris Latham, the stat man, is bringing. Bringing to the FGR community and just, uh, man, so great to 
get an insight into Win Yesta, someone we, you know, we got to see perform really well and his career has taken off. But just such a cool dude. You see from his maturity why he's so successful where he is, right? Why he is where he is right now. Yeah. 100%, man. All right, Shimmy, let's close out there, brother. Let's do we it. We got St. Albans on uh, on FA Cup match. FA Cup match on Sunday. We're going to we're going to crush him. Yes. 3-0 Don Bernard. What do you got, Shimmy? Yeah, I'm with you this time. We'll go with the Don Bernard hat trick. Why not? Free and then hit. typically, I don't know if Don Bernard would play in the FA Cup match, but we have, like, no defenders <laughs> to play, so <laughs> yeah. he's probably going to have to. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, 3-0 uh, to the to the four screen Rovers. Let's get out of here, Shimmy. Uh, oh, really quick. Shimmy, there's no match until November 20th, but we'll be back next week also with, I believe, Luke McGee. So send in your hey. questions for Luke McGee. In the meantime, our amazing goalkeeper. But let's get out of here, Shimmy. Up the vegan rovers, baby. Up the vegan rovers, we are FGR. You know you we know got we it. gotta. Praise Praise Dale. Praise his name, brother. All right, all. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.